You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Heard, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Heard is a collaboration between the Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Heard through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcasts. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HerdPodcast.com, like Heard Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Heard Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoy this week's episode of Heard. Hello, friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. I'm Joe Hakeem, and tonight I'm joined by Nick. We'll be playing the role of Jason tonight. And Jason. Jason's Hi gone. Hi, guys. <laughs> woo! Woo! Yes. <laughs> Does he have a high-pitched voice or something? No, he definitely doesn't. <laughs> uh, and, and our guests, the uh, co-owners uh, together of Guilt Chocolates and Hardcore Meals, Joe Nader, Scott Brazil. Perfect. How are you guys doing? Good, man. What's awesome. Up? Uh, so you guys are the first chocolatiers we've had on, or Dope. blossoming chocolatiers, right? Ben so, didn't make Chocolate City. Ben's what? not going to like send us angry emails. But ben, ben Robeson is uh, the uh, pastry chef at. We love Ben. Yeah. Ben. Yeah, I don't. Ben probably works with chocolate, but I don't know if he. If he send your emails to Joe Hakeem <laughs> at. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's talk about. Um, we just loaned Ben some cocoa butter. Did you? Yeah, for Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs> Super cute. <laughs> You're so lying. We're already out of the gate. You're lying. No, for real. Called us up. He was no, like, not hey, you. I mean, Joe. <laughs> Joe's lying. First chocolatiers. Can we talk about chocolatiering? Yeah, absolutely. What, 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 what is chocolatiering? Like, talk about making a chocolate, just gonna, in general. I'll, I'm going to pass that uh, uh, right off the rip off. Scott's our <laughs> resident pastry chef. I spent most of my uh, life and career in savory, and uh, Scott is actually the pastry chef here. I mean, what do, what are we talking about here? Like making a bonbon? Is that like yeah, so, making one, so like, like what we've got go, here? Go go from so what we have here, right? So you brought two with you, mm-hmm. right? So um, these are robin eggs and some sort of alien. Egg. <laughs> they're yes. beautiful. Um, they're not. Time yeah, pots. yeah, they're 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 stunning. <laughs> time pots. Um, I'm interested to let's start like at the genesis of the ch- so the bean, right? So are you sourcing beans? Currently, we are using exclusively Volrona products out of France. Um, they just have killer product. They're like upper echelon um, chocolate. So right now, that's basically the only product that we're using, I would say, with Ajo. Yeah, and it's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, single source and, and you know, bean to bar and all these things. But, you know, we to go, we'll eventually like to go down some of those roads, but... Valrona's got a great product. They've got uh, a lot of availability. So for us to be able, especially as we're R and D in a lot of our flavors right now, we need to access, and it's just easier to start out with. And and they're a great brand. I mean, it's awesome chocolate. Mm-hmm. So we're starting off with what we think is already a high level product, 
to start with and then building it from there. So, so when you start, when you say you're st- starting with Valrona, does that mean like you, you bring in like a certain percentage chocolate and you work down from there and cut it yourself or is it? No. So they have, they've done all that work already. We buy uh, specific um, chocolate that they've already done all that work with. So we buy like uh, 62% mm-hmm. Satilla, or we buy sixty-five uh, percent Manjari, or and when you, know, you say the percentage, that's referring to the cocoa mass. Okay, so the total cocoa mass from the pod mm-hmm. that's in the chocolate. So is it like a? Um, so that's the amount from like a number, or is that like a like a percentage? Percent. Percentage. Yeah. Okay, so like it's the percent in the chocolate, as opposed to saying like you have a, a cocoa pod that if you were to take straight cocoa, be a hundred. And mm-hmm. probably just be bitter as all get out. Very bitter, obviously no sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously after that you uh, – I mean the process is pretty involved, right? Like the pod, mm-hmm. you extract the beans. There's – Goop. For lack of a better term, <laughs> right? Around it. Uh, it gets fermented, um, dried, conched, you know – Sugar and milk solids are added, depending on what you're making. If you're mm-hmm. making, you know, milk chocolate, obviously milk solids would be added. Um, I don't know. It's technical. <laughs> I don't think I knew that they were fermented. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, there's a couple of days worth of fermentation that happens, and okay. that really brings out the flavor, the floral notes, and stuff like that. That's wild. Yeah. So you you when you said when you're talking about your ordering, you said like sixty two percent. Then you there was a modifier after that, like uh, origin, right? Yeah, origin, yeah. So yeah. W- when you guys started off, uh, what was this, about a year ago, mm-hmm. um, did, did you just order a shitload of chocolate and just like taste through it and see what you liked? Yeah, we there did. was some testing. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different brands. There's a lot of there's a lot of great chocolate brands out there. I mean, so you're starting with a lot of those and working through them and then, you know, finding out the percentages that we like to work with, uh, what works well. Obviously, when you get down to like the whites and some of those, that, that's obviously very low percentage uh i personally am not a huge fan of white chocolate second uh, <laughs> yeah, neither am I. yeah but uh recognizing that you know we'd have to work with it on some level uh if it was up to me we wouldn't at all but that's that's just uh that's just my thing sure my hang up <laughs> it is is just still with white chocolate for a second is all white chocolate the same or do, is there a quality mm. difference there's quality difference yeah i would yeah. say yeah branding and well, you know, like there's percentages of, of that as well. So, oh, yeah. white chocolate is there? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, like if you buy like the stuff from like the Wilsons at like Joanne's, I'm sure that tastes not as good as the stuff you're getting. <laughs> Joanne's. Yeah, like yeah. the chips, like the chips you can like melt your oh, own. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. I think it's Wilson that makes that. I don't know. Yeah, so there's melting Wilton. chocolate. Wilton, Wilton. Yeah. <laughs> there's like melting chocolate. Okay, and yeah, that's yeah. not couverture. So what we use is couverture. It oh. has to be tempered. You have to bring it up to a certain temperature okay. depending on the style of chocolate it is, whether it's dark, milk, or white. Uh, we've been using some stuff that's like this um, Orly's that Valrona has that's kind of a white chocolate hybrid that they use. They add muscovado sugar to it. So it has this like real Neat. caramely yeah. kind of yeah, flavor. The, the, the absinthe kumquat one that we brought along today is made with that okay. yeah. Orly's. So. Are we going to eat that one now? Yeah, let's try that. Yeah, okay. yeah, try it. Yeah. So, it's a little, it's a little boozy. So yeah, I think uh, Nick, you were saying down, that it was absence. I thought, national so absence I saw. Recently. I want to say it was yesterday. I'm not positive. I saw a Facebook ad, which doesn't mean it w- could have been a different day, but I definitely saw an ad recently. Here, dig in. We're I was going to pass. Yeah, right on. I was going to pass one over to 
Our guest Bradley. <laughs> I shoveled some chicken in my face in the parking lot. So, thank you. Yeah. So if you look at the bottom here, you can see the color. That's the actual color of that chocolate. So it's kind of like there's a dolce that's got like caramelization mm-hmm. to it, but this is um, this is colored with the muscovado. So we're okay. seeing like a um, like a robin's egg greenish color yeah. with a swoosh, like an orange swoosh on it. Mm-hmm. Is that like a paintbrush swoosh or a finger actually? Finger finger okay. painting. Okay. So um, one of the things you can check out on the bottom of these, one of the techniques we use that's that. A little different than a lot. What a lot of people do is, we use like an acetate sheet. So when once the chocolate, this is in the mold upside down, mm-hmm. and then uh, we fill it with the filling. Obviously, right? That kind of crystallizes. They're kind of like a um, th- uh, needle thumb. What do you call it? Thimble. 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 Yeah, it's a little bit bigger, like a big thimble. Yeah, and then um, we top it with tempered chocolate, and then we lay like kind of like this. Uh, glassine, mm-hmm. right, um, on top of it. And then I take like a scraper and we we smooth it out. Mm-hmm. What it does is this is really clean and nice, shiny, yeah. uh, finished look, right? Mm-hmm. Some places they just take like their scraper and like clean it off like that and it'll leave lines, grooves. Sometimes it'll throw, if there's a little bit of crystallized chocolate on your scraper, it'll throw out a crystallized line or bloom on it, Right. But um, we take the extra step and money, obviously, for those sheets to seal them like that. And it gives right. it that nice And this is a newer sheet. product from Valrona, so we were kind of excited to work with it. And then obviously with absinthe, as you drop the water over the sugar cube, so like we thought that would be – Yeah. Mm-hmm. So using the uh, Muscovado mm-hmm. – you know, chocolate in this regard. So that's adding – that's kind of representing the sugar Neat. with the absinthe here. So, So these are one bite? Is that yeah, you can bite it in half and look inside if you want, but I, I demolished mine. So. Yeah, <laughs> there's plenty. Oh, I was expecting like so. So we're on radio. Like, you got to explain what's in here. Yeah, it's like a um, is it a ganache or like a cream? Yeah, yeah, ganache. So, ganache yeah. Okay. So is absinthe and kumquat ganache in there? Correct. Okay. Which absinthe are you using? Are you wanting willing to share? Yeah, we um we didn't go super high end. What's the one with um. Uh, the three-faced Van Gogh on the outside. It's like absent. Yeah, yeah, right? I know what you're talking about. Yep that Ab- that uh, absent, that is a very absent. friendly on the budget. That one, yeah, yeah. So we figured since a we were cooking a majority of it out, sure, and then we left. I don't know if you guys get it, but do you get any booziness on it? Like we we definitely a bit. Add, it's not aggressive. Yeah. It, it definitely is balanced. You know, so absinthe, right? It's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but and, this is approachable though. This does not. This is not like a licorice Thank bomb. Um, right. This it, it's a good flavor. I think it blends really well with the white chocolate, and I, I don't like white chocolate, so that's that's good. So, well, we we talked to like two James. I think makes a that's really what I was great about to bring up. And we've and I've drinking a lot of it over there. Trust <laughs> me, I can't go in there without Andres like shoving a bunch of that down my throat. But um, so I'd like we'd love to partner with them eventually if we you know do a collaboration or something like that. Absolutely. But, you know, for this first run with it, we were just using oh, that. 100 percent. But eventually, that's you know the kind of stuff we want to do. It's uh, when we take that to the next level, then we want to pair up a certain you know a brand with it. Obviously, we'd love to do it with something local, and I think they're doing a really good job with that particular spirit. So, so I was just at Tacoy yesterday, hmm. and I noticed across the street they have both those buildings that they own, and one's like a brick house, like a barrel house, and I guess the other one is storage or something. They is two James, two James, yeah, yeah. 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 So Tacoy is right near there. If you don't know that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so you just talking about partnering, right? Um, and you guys already ha- started partnering, maybe not with in terms of flavors, but with flowers of Vietnam, correct? Yeah. So uh, George, a great friend of ours, and uh, we were obvi- along with everyone else in the city, uh, anticipating their <laughs> reopening after they their renovation, and um, so we did a a, a nice collab, you know, uh, proprietary flavor for him as they opened, and uh, we're hoping to continue that down the line. As well, but we were doing a, a Vietnamese coffee, egg cream coffee. Nice. So it was layered. So it had uh, it was a dark chocolate. I think we were using the sixty three percent, the Satilia, and um, so making with the uh, Vietnamese coffee, the ganache, and then the egg cream, and then it had a little layer of kind of like uh, like a fouillotine. So it kind of you know you get the biscuit with the with the coffee. So it had kind of three layers going on. I mean, we went we amazing. went full on. Uh, bite off as much as we could on that one. We, you know, we figured we're launching this business. We got a lot of pretty great press before we even really started making some bonbons. Um, I mean, aside from what we were doing at the stadium, you know, uh, and we decided, well, let's just do a three layered <laughs> bonbon from the rip. Uh, and they were turned out great. We got a lot of great buzz. Um, over there. And, and it's a signature thing. I mean, it's on his menu there. It's a signature Vietnamese item, you know, and, and I love that coffee. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, with the longevity, uh, mm-hmm. con- sweet condensed milk and it's awesome. So that, that's, that's kind of what we did there with that. And we, we'd love to continue that kind of spirit with things. Um, you know, when I was at Ford field and the Detroit lions, we did a lot of collaboration. And I mean, I think that's a big thing. That's, that's part of what's going on in our, on our food scene here is that that spirit and uh, there's not a lot of hating going on. People are like very, you know, for lack of a better term, collaborative mm-hmm. and sharing and sharing of space and sharing of time ideas. And, ideas. and I, I think it's pretty unique. You know, I, I've worked around other areas of the country in my career and uh, I've never seen it quite on the level that it is here. So I think that's unique and something that we obviously want to continue. What about 99% not assholes? There's a there's a there's a couple, but yeah. But compared to like our music scene, right? Our music scene totally is hater culture, right? Like it always has been. You know, you get to a certain point, like I I know that's why dude probably booked it to Nashville, right? Because he's getting sick of everyone kind of. Oh, you talking um, Jack White? Jack White, yeah, dude, yeah. dude. <laughs> well, one but, of the cool things we liked about George is he wanted to work with us, along with us, alongside of us, you know, and like make it um a true collaboration you know like what kind of cho- like these are the kind of chocolate we were talking about using we i mean we came to him i think just once or twice with a couple test batches after just like hey george what what are you what is your vision for this you know and then he was like oh well here's the egg cream coffee this is kind of what i wanted to you know if we could make it like exactly like this so we tasted the original product and then, you know, did our own little spin on it, came back to him. He had maybe one tweak and we went back and, you know, when we came back to him, we, you know, blew his lid. He loved it. It was <laughs> I mean, It sounds well, great. Like it reads well, like just yeah. you talking about it. Did you get a chance to try it? I haven't. I actually haven't been to Flowers of Vietnam. I'm, I feel bad about this. Yeah, me either. Yeah, dynamite. All right. Yeah. We got to add that to our list. Yeah. Yeah. But so that's kind of like the spirit of that, Joe. You know, and it's like we – that's what we want to do because there's so many things we can do with this. It's really limit, you know, what can you dream up and put inside these 
wonderful things. Sure. So not only from the design, the aesthetics of the chocolate, but obviously the flavors and both are equally important. So, so, so I want to go back to like the kind of production of one of these things, right? So we, we talk about the chocolate. All right. So you go through the chocolate tasting, you pick a chocolate out. So the next part then is what the filling. Yeah. So if, if you'd like, I can talk you through literally start to finish. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's do the, let's do the other one. So the, the abs- let's talk about this other, uh, wh- then we'll taste it at the yeah, end. Yeah. So yeah. this one's a Janduya. uh, the, the yep. look. Hold on. No, no idea what that means. Yeah. Janduya is, uh, Italian. It's like, um, hazelnut paste. Hazelnut paste. Neat. Um, and usually milk chocolate. So is it kind of like a marzipan, like, but with mm-hmm. hazelnuts? Uh, not necessarily. No, it's okay. more like, uh, I mean, if we need to dumb it down, it's more like, uh, peanut butter. Oh, right. Got it. So it's Straight like hazelnut, hazelnut paste. Okay. So it's hazelnuts okay. and sugar caramelized and pureed to a very smooth consistency. Uh, you know, um, I was going to get real scientific on like microns. Do, go, you know? I mean, do it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. really so impressed. Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think the mouth can't decipher anything smaller than like 20 microns. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's at least that, you know, that's why wow. smoothness. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, so, so when we one, were shopping equipment, uh, chocolate equipment, one of the companies that, uh, and the company that we ended up using is from Italy. And um, they have some equipment that they do. They make these uh, machines that um, mill whatever you want. Like, you know, if you wanted, uh, you know, um, nuts or chocolate or whatever. And it it, it makes it so smooth, velvety. You that know? company wow. actually started out, the it's Sell Me as the brand. And uh, they started out making hazelnut paste equipment actually oh. <laughs> they're from up northern italy so cool hazelnut country yeah okay so th- this this particular chocolate right so mm-hmm. you, you start with a, a base the chocolate base and now you, you bring in the sorry say that word again jandouille yeah so first and foremost right like you have this mold that uh i mean you look at it and it's the one that we're eating right now that we're all tasting mm-hmm. is uh the jandouille the one and you can see it's this like kind of brownish robin egg or one of those like um, egger eggs, like uh, a hen egg, like that's yeah, the right? kind of like, like a, a like a free range, yeah, yeah, like a like a free range yep. egg. So um, you know it, you can see how glossy and shiny it is. So even to get that, there's a lot of labor and work involved. So the molds have to be like polished by hand. Maybe twice, maybe three times. You know, they have to in order to get this primo shine that we're going to be going after and that we're going to be known for. There, right there alone, is a ton of labor and and effort goes into just that. So what the what are the molds made out of? Is it a silicone? Is it something else? Polycarbonate. Polycarbonate. Yeah. So when you say polishing it, are you using some sort of grit, or are you uh, just kind of like can? Damn. So you're doing that. So you're basically making this super super clean little divot. Yes. And then is it just putting the chocolate in there or is there a step to get that gloss? Is it the way then, it's tempered? Then Go everything's got to be tempered. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The cocoa butter itself has to be tempered. Yeah. So any of these colors like the green or the orange or these speckles that are on here, um, that all has to be tempered properly. Before then pour yep. the shelves. Yeah. And then we shoot it with a 
like a real spray gun that you would like a paint uh, in a booth, like a the auto gun, right? So for for I don't know how you would say that, like a spray gun, right? Like yeah, a airbrush. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but more aggressive. Yeah. But like you would see in like an automotive. HP HPAV. Yeah, like yeah. That. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. LV. LV. Yeah. HP LV, right? That's it. And uh, check out Nick. So, <laughs> Lots of random knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So we use that style with mm-hmm. an air compressor and we spray all the molds, clean them up because everything's always got to be nice and clean and neat, right? <laughs> uh, and then, um, like Joe said, uh, properly tempered chocolate is the next step. And then you create that shell. And then, Joe, if you want to go on. I mean, then, I mean, obviously this then, so the Janduya, we mix the hazelnut, the Janduya with a chocolate, make a ganache. So it's a hazelnut ganache. And then there's a, a toasted hazelnut little buddy in the middle here <laughs> that you'll get to hammer on. Mm. And when you talk about the, the, the gloss, the reflection, I mean, I'm looking at, I can see the fluorescent light in the reflection of this. Like that's the kind of the, the gloss that this has. I mean, yeah. it's, it's wild. Is it good? Jaded? It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, really good. Look at mm-hmm. it's a mm. classic flavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know Nutella. Nutella. <laughs> yeah. You could say it. It's okay. <laughs> I know you were thinking, it. but you know, so that's kind of what goes on. And like, so there's two stages for us that we're doing. So there's the, the design aspect of it, the aesthetic design, and then obviously the design of the flavor, the flavor profiling, and all that. And so, like you said, like this was kind of we exactly what we were doing is going after like kind of mimicking an egg. We're our Easter collection. We're going to be doing a uh, a pop up again for Easter at Nora in mm-hmm. uh, Cass Corridor, yeah. and um, so we're working on the you know final designs on that. But something to you know obviously around Easter. So we wanted to kind of hit on that with the egg design. So. So let's talk about the the design aspect, right? So not not just the flavors, but the, the outer coating. How do you design? How do you come up with the design? Well, I mean, inspirado, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like the, for me, this one was totally just off. Of, I love farm eggs, mm-hmm. and there's you know like the Easter egg or chickens. You ever seen those? And mm-hmm. they lay like all the multicolors. So we have all these wonderful colors in nature, man, you know. And, uh, <laughs> but no, honestly, like, you know, that's first inspiration for all of us chefs. You know, you look at, you know, you'd come across some eggs. Like when you were a kid, we never had like, you know, you had white eggs and you might have brown eggs, but that was it. And then the first time I saw like all those multicolored eggs, I was like, holy crap, what is this? But so, that you know, just coming up with that. Um, sometimes it might be more literal with the absinthe. You kind of have this like kind of a coral green in orange, so you got the kumquat and the absinthe. So that's all natural, that color? Mm-mm. Well, they're, it's cocoa butter. Sorry, I don't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But they make all natural cocoa sure. butter. Yeah. Okay, got or, or it. We're okay. mixing and coming yeah, yeah, yeah. up with our own colors and stuff. But yeah. what I'm saying is this is kind of a literal design in the sure, sense sure, sure, that sure. you look at this and you're, it's got orange and then the light green, so it's absinthe and kumquat. This one kind of has some reminiscent of hazelnut with the colors, mm-hmm. but sometimes yeah. it might not at all. So it just depends. So one of the things we've talked a lot about is like, do you want to always hit people over the head with, does the design need to be reminiscent? So literal. Match right. So like if you're doing a strawberry one, does it need to be red? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. So that's kind of the things we're working through. But eventually our whole collection will have to, we want to keep. So the hazelnut may always look like this one here so that when people buy the, you know, buy them, they know that, okay, that's the hazelnut. Yeah. And then we do yeah. one-offs and whatnot. So as we're building our collection – 
that's what we're doing is so that that design will never be replicated in a different way. That'll always be that particular mm-hmm. flavor. And how many are in the design right now? Or how many in your collection right now? We have about 15 that's great. that wow. have been done wow. and we've got <laughs> 150. Like 150. Yeah. <laughs> 150 depends on what you I got a list if you got night. some time. <laughs> Good look at it. Let's see what let's see where the podcast nets are. <laughs> you have 150 potential flavors? Yeah, yeah we okay. just, you know, that you've tested have or some that, inspiration and in no the, that we that we're working on that we're working through that we're thinking of that we're you know talking about you can know? you can you give us like a hint for Easter like maybe one that is for sure coming out well I you know <laughs> you don't have to you don't if you don't well, if you want to say the like, surprise. Want, I want to do a something mint and chocolate it's another classic thing for mm-hmm. me but I love that you know like that flavor profile sure. so we're playing with a couple different versions of that right now um jeez. I'm looking at this list on the phone and it's like, it's miles long. <laughs> but like, here's the thing, like, that's where I draw from the savory world, you know, because, and, and Scott is one of the rare people in this town, I think, that has the savory and the pastry background very strong on both ends. So we want to pull from that and not always, I don't want to, we want to come out of left field a little bit more too. You know, how can we incorporate a carrot and chocolate, for instance, or beets or who knows mm-hmm. what, you know what I mean? So like, I want to pull from that savory world into that. Um you know, we do a green tea uh, with pink peppercorn. Oh, that was mm-hmm. you know, that was it was one. ginger, yeah. uh, match, matcha, and and pink peppercorn. I mean, classic kind of combination, but not necessarily what you would always think about. So, what excites chocolate. me? There are so many flavors on here. There's every booze, every type of booze is on here, <laughs> um, and it's great. There's, there's things I don't even know what they are, which makes me excited. That like there are some flavors that I I don't haven't heard of those. But yeah, you got every kind of booze on here. And cheese. Oh, that's fun. So you guys, uh, so your building's in Redford mm-hmm. on Seven Mile, right? Yeah. Um, which is kind of like, a, I mean, oddly enough, you know, our, our Ackroyd's is in Redford too, so right around the corner from each other. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely not a city where, like, people venture out to, to like, experience, like, these culinary wonderments. So it's like, you guys are going to put up your retail space in that in Redford or no? We're going to have... Um, Potentially some walk up, but not not a, that's not our goal there. Okay, that's going to be a production facility. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and then we're looking at uh, many options for a retail space right now. There's a lot out there, and we want to make sure that we make that choice correctly. But we did choose Redford. I mean, obviously, you guys, Ackroyd's right around the way from us, and there's so much downtown right now, and there's so real estate's kind of crazy downtown, and I think that it's a little speculative too. I feel like. Yeah, and then there's some great spaces, and there's a lot of spaces that are taken that people are sitting on, blah, blah, blah. So for me, when we look at something like Redford, you know, that's really an untapped area. And we were able to get a really good deal on a building and own the building, Yeah, which is really important for us. You know, this is, you know, we're not in this for short term. It's a long-term situation. So for us to be able to own a building and have that asset with the the company, that's huge all in itself. Whereas downtown, we couldn't buy anything. Yeah, in that area of the size that we need to do production. So if we do say we put a retail downtown, which is what we would love to do, we don't need a lot of space, right? Mm-hmm. We could do it with like five, six hundred square feet. We won't own that. Yeah, you could so. potentially share with some someone too. Yeah, there's the right a partner. lot of yeah. We're looking at a lot. Of you talk yeah, about like Nora and like Hugh, like both those spaces rock and could be you know somewhere around there would be fun. Yeah, and again, that's that where area that, is great. Oh, I love that. That, yeah, that yeah. spirit of uh, you know Toby and Liz at Nora. Mm-hmm. Toby was at one of the soft openings at Flowers of Vietnam, had our chocolate that night, 
hit us up and was like, hey, what are you guys doing right now for, you know, retail? So we we ended up doing a, a really successful pop-up there for Valentine's. Cool. And um, so it's a great fit. We love that. That neighborhood's awesome. So that's what we're going to do for now as we continue to look for that. But, you know, we're elated to be in Redford. The, um, the township and the city there have been phenomenal to work with and really rolled out the red carpet for us. Yeah, you know, they've for us been to, fantastic you know, with us. It's one of the first big beautifications on that stretch of – seven mile in a long time so they're pretty excited too i feel like all their carpets yeah. are red because <laughs> of redford get it get it oh get it dude, dude, dude. i was gonna let that <laughs> <laughs> um so uh let's talk about the building itself and the 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 need to obviously with chocolate you're at the mercy of uh the elements a lot right so if it's too hot if it's too cold so obviously you're in a temperature of the production control. facility right yeah, yeah, yeah. we've so, we've uh we've dumped a decent amount of money into the building to ensure that the humidity and temperature are at a constant. Uh, plus we put a different, you know, and I'll let Joe talk about the uh, hardcore meals business. That's, a, a, you know, in the same building, but we created like a mini split for the makeup air um, to where it'll have its own humidity and temperature control specifically for the truck. It's got a room. separate HVAC system basically. Yeah. Cool. Which is imperative, and we insulated that part of the building a little differently than we did the mm-hmm. other, other part. We spent a little bit more money on the insulation in that area. High than density we did. foam, spray foam, all the walls. Uh, the, I, I seem to remember a place. Uh, I grew up in the Gross Point area, and there was a place on Mac, just south of Eight Mile, um, that was a chocolate place, and they would have to close in the summer because they couldn't produce. Hmm. Yeah, there's some companies that we've been following too that we've no uh there's one down in texas i think dallas or houston they don't ship during the summertime like certain months then because i mean obviously houston's like blazing right yeah so there's certain months they won't ship because it compromises the product so that's something we you know we're gonna have to be mindful of as well obviously uh michigan gets pretty pretty warm in the summertime so as far as the production goes and so even in, in the Space that we have a temporary space we've been producing in now. And the other day when it warmed up, it was like 60 degrees out and it was kind of a funky humidity and we were doing some chocolate and it, it affects it. Hmm. So, so what is your, your range temperature wise? Uh, we'd like to keep the room at about 68, uh, okay, so home 66, temperature. Yeah. 68, yeah. you know, doesn't want to be any warmer than that. How low can you go cool wise? Because uh, you're you eventually going to gonna yeah, affect so, the flavor. Well, what happens is the chocolate wants to crystallize and harden up. Okay. And you need that liquidity or viscosity mm-hmm. uh, um, in order to get it into the mold and out of the mold to create that thin shell. Because so, otherwise it, it starts to crystallize and sure. it gets thick. And then when you bite into it, it's like... Uh, Not as good. Yeah. So if you freeze these, what happens? Uh, you're giving me a face. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not saying it cannot be done. Because um, like you talk about shipping. Yeah. You know, I you don't know if they're do like, it for that. Okay. Like yeah. if they're using dry ice or anything like that, you're saying like. So uh, if you were to use some product like that, like a dry ice mm-hmm. or like a cold pack even, mm-hmm. you would want to basically insulate and that. Yeah. And then, and then the chocolate. And then the chocolate. You don't want to get any human, uh, like you don't want any condensation because condensation, then that'll bloom the chocolate. Yeah, so it'll create, uh, like what Joe was referring to as the bloom, it'll create uh, unstable environment for the chocolate, and either fat or sugar will want to separate 
from the cocoa mass and create those streaks. Sometimes you see chocolate's got that ghostly streak or mm-hmm. milky streak through it. Those are called blooms. Uh, and that's just the chocolate either went through a weird temperature range change um, and then set again and then leaves that bloom. And you obviously don't want that. It's unpleasant look. It doesn't change the flavor or anything like that. It's all – it's still all molecularly the same. Molecular – molecular <laughs> – you know what I'm saying. <laughs> molecularly. So, so w- when you're when you're working with – the, within the chocolate business, is chocolate considered a commodity? Is it traded like on these huge markets mm. where um, – so for example, like your chocolate's obviously much different than Hershey's, much different than Cadbury, much different than even Godiva. Um, maybe, doesn't Hershey own Godiva at this point? Or They so, may. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so are you are you working within the commodity or is there a smaller kind of artisanal batch of chocolate that you're pulling from? Is Volrona part of that? I'd say they're kind of medium. You know, they're definitely pretty big. You know, there's like the Calibos of the world and some of these other brands that are pretty big. Cocoa Berry. There's so many. There's a lot of great brands out there. Um, I'd say they're in the middle of the pack as far as like that kind of level. Um, I wouldn't call them, you know, an artisanal brand by any mean. They're pretty big. (laughs) But in terms of like commodity. Like the market. Could there be a swing thing? Like could there like all of a sudden – be a run on chocolate and your prices go out of whack? I don't think that it varies quite as like much as some of the other commodities like pork belly or mm-hmm. gasoline juice. or something. <laughs> Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean right. aside from like uh, uh, cyclone or something like that wiping out some farms, you know, it's in that belt that's between like the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. It kind of is in that belt there. That's a good eighth grade throwback right there. <laughs> Nobody got my uh, trading places reference. Brad did. <laughs> but um, and the, one of the things too that we do want to be cognizant of in working with a company like that is obviously is how they're ethically they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are they treating the product? farmers, you know, that are out there with their kids picking these pods, you know, like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, some of these farms these companies are in these farms or these kids are doing like child labor and all of this. Well, you know, like a lot of those in, you know, I haven't been to any of these cocoa farms, so I don't know, but I've watched some documentaries and talked to some people who have been, and you know, a lot of these families, like that's their source of income. So it's a family thing. So it's not child labor. They're out there helping their mom and dad and sister and brother, you know, gather these pods and stuff like that. It's not, I guess it's all relative because I feel like in the U.S. you can work on the farm legally 14, I want to say. So, I mean, if they're like six and they're picking pods. Way way back, way back when we had Joe All from uh, Joseph Wesley T on and we kind of touched on. I'm sure T's in the same. um, Yeah. Yeah. And we touched on this idea of like fair trade and Mm -hmm. uh, living wage and these types of things and how vastly different that idea is in a country like uh, like India or China or. Mexico or wherever. Um, so th- the idea of what we have as a living wage here doesn't necessarily equate over there in the kind of standards, um, especially, you know, I don't know much about chocolate, but what I know about tea now is like a lot of the people like harvesting tea aren't necessarily like poor, right? They're living, they're living a, a, a decent life. I feel the same thing as what you're saying for chocolate too, mm-hmm. even with, you know, the family farm, if you're a six-year-old kid helping out the family farm, you're helping out the family farm. You're not being like 
forced to work. <laughs> right. I, I mean, in a certain way you are because you're yeah. a kid. Like, you know, yeah. you don't want to work, but you know, <laughs> it's definitely something we want to be cognizant of as we continue and what, like as we look at different products that we want to use. Obviously, that's something we got to pay attention to. It's yeah. the, it's the right thing to do. So. Right. You know, with Valrona in this case, I feel like we're in a pretty good position with them as far as that stuff goes. If we change things up at some point or whatever, that's 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 definitely a factor. Yeah. Is there a Valrona rep locally? Like, is there someone you deal with directly for for? Yeah, we have Valrona? a regional rep. A regional rep. Okay. Yeah. And they'll like send you samples and like, hey, we want to try you know these mm-hmm. sixty chocolates or whatever, and like, yeah, yeah. They just came. They were just in town not too long ago and did a big. Uh, demo with some of their products they have like a they have regional like brand chefs that come and do stuff and you know like any of the food brands that are out there like they want you to work with these products and they, they they're constantly bringing new products to the to the table or new flavors or new you know sources mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. so they're sending you on lavish vacations oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely happening <laughs> Yeah, Sarah Tibbetts was her name. She was just in town, and uh, that does sound familiar. Yeah, we they have uh, an awesome. Yeah. Um, they have I a chocolate school in her. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That, does yeah, so like you can go. They have like continuing education and stuff like that. So they're they're very active in the in the industry and and with the people that are using their products, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So w- once the place in Redford gets up and going, what what's your goal in terms of uh, like how many people are going to employ? You have any idea? Yeah, we've got about three right now. Uh huh. And so, uh, you know, I could see within the year we'll we'll be up to like ten, I would imagine. You know, which doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, it's it's a lot for us. I mean, mm-hmm. I come from a place I was, you know, managing a crew of a hundred people at Fort Field. At Fort Field, you know, and uh, Scotty was there, obviously, with me, and that was, you know, a much different nature of what than what we're doing now. But you know, so for us now, I, I this has been great for me because I'm I'm cooking and handling product more than I have the last, you know, six months <laughs> than I probably did in the last five years. Well, I'm probably with a higher, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, higher degree of skill, like a better output because you're, you're probably not as like panicked to, you know, move 500 chickens out of a place. Yeah. You can now, you know, put a little more time, a little more hands on time with them. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a lot, you got to put a lot into the development, you know, there, mm. and so we're not taking that lightly. So we're not, we're not in a hurry with the chocolate to like, get out there and it has know. to be right. And it has to, it has to at the very minimum be at this level that we're tasting sure. today, you know, at the minimum. Well, chocolate's one of those things people are pretty, uh, like passionate about. Yeah. Fickle, right? picky, right? Yeah. Like, you know, even a, and, a, and an brands like, um, loyal. brand loyal. loyal yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, the, the Cadbury stuff that we bring in, people are loyal, really loyal to it. Cadbury's not very good. Like, I mean, you know, nothing against them. Joe Hakeem at uh, <laughs> DetroitPodcast.com. <laughs> um, it's, it's incredibly sweet. It's like uh, got like a grainy texture to it. Um, you guys I, sell it at Ackroyd's? Yeah, because we import it from the UK, yeah. and it's it's something that people, you know, crunchy bars, flakes, like these types of, oh, like, cool. you know. Different stuff, not well, like not the U.S. stuff. Cadbury yeah. yeah. No, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. We, we got those today, but like <laughs> directly from the, you know, from oh, the Oh, that's UK. a different story, man. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and like Wispa and like these kind of, you know. Illegal or, Kinder or, Eggs. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I know, I know a guy that can smuggle he's them. Kick, he's kicking one under the table. I mean, <laughs> raw milk still. Um, but yeah, so so uh, 
Wait, we're 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 sorry. Yeah, <laughs> to derailment. You were talking about people and their passion. Oh, passion and their for loyalty. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, brand loyal. Like when you go to market with something like this, I I feel like the way they look is like you're in because nothing looks like these are these are gorgeous. Yeah, I mean that's definitely. I mean people eat with their eyes, right? right. And in in the case of this, that's why we want to. These need to be in a box that you can see them mm-hmm. because. They are different. You know, they're not just, you know, a praline that's got a little, you know, decoration on them. There's there's something to this and and we we want people to see that, obviously. And, you know, the point of difference. And I we think that is our point of difference. So we needed to make sure that whatever we were gonna do, it needed to be outstanding. Mm. You know. So what do you guys think so far? These couple that we brought, excellent. Yeah, I think they're really, really fantastic. good. They're they're also what's it's great is um you know I'm a big fan of balance, and neither one of them are sugar bombs. Neither you know like none of the flavors are screaming at you. They're just it, it's it works as a package, which I think is good. One of the things that uh, I was fortunate enough to do prior to us launching was uh, spend a couple days out in Vegas with a mm-hmm. renowned chocolatier. Mm-hmm. And one of the, and she's from Colombia. And one of the things that she was saying is when we were ta- discussing formulation of ganaches and stuff is that the palate in the U S is a lot more, uh, interested in sugar, sweet driven, yeah. um, than basically the rest of the world. And you really could tell when we were working and doing formulas and she uses like not only one style of sugar like sucrose, right? Like a lot of stuff in the U.S. Basically, they just use like sucrose, right? It's what everybody's used to and all of that. Corn syrup. But we use like three different types of sugars, four different types of sugars in one bonbon to, with all varying levels of sweetness mm-hmm. um, to create a balanced, not too sweet product. Yeah. And, and I kind of – I look at back at that uh, like as a bartending you know, scenario – they like to mix with uh, agave a lot because you mm. can use less of it and still get that sweetness. Um, but yeah, you look at fructose, you look at um, glucose, yeah. sucrose. There's so many sugars out there. Right. Uh, mm. It is it is fun to play around with them, and it, it's nice that you're not just sitting with like plain old white sugar. Yeah. So I mean, same thing in the cocktail world, right? Yep. Like you look at now, you're building layers of flavor and yep. all this, and the, and what people's expectations are now. Um, in five ten years, it's gone crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And so, you know, we're just trying to do the same thing, basically. Well, these are very adult. So hopefully this helps people kind of, you know, I don't want to say wean off sugar, but definitely know that there's more out there than just kind of this little sugar bomb. And there's something that this is a this is a culinary creation right here. So Yeah. And we're going to have I mean, you saw uh, you had a glimpse of the mm-hmm. list of some things the top that, secret that we're talking about, you know, or whether we're thinking about doing um you're right. They're they're adult, but I mean, there's some other stuff that's in there that's fun, and you know, like a play on words and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, so um, you know, we're we've got some surprises up our sleeves. <laughs> that's great. So, so this all started at when you guys were together at Ford Field with uh-huh. chocolate stuff. Where did the inspiration start? Like, wh- why did you start making these chocolates to, to begin with? Was Go it ahead, a, was Joe. it a request from Ford Field? We were doing them for. Um, we were looking at. Uh, creating some kind of an amenity for the sweet holders 
you know, um, so the, the ballers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. like a Minyardi or something. Yeah. Like that? Or kind of like a, a random act of kindness or like a fond farewell type situation. Yeah. So like, thanks not- for spending 25,000 on the suite. Right. Here's a 12-piece box. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but something obviously that they couldn't find elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know, because these are generally people that can pretty much buy anything. Um, you haven't had that one. Um, <laughs> they can basically buy anything they want, yeah. you know, so that's it's how that started. They want a different experience because that's what they can't yeah. buy. So we bought yeah. some, you know, equipment to play with it and we kind of fell in love with it pretty quickly. Yeah. And um, I mean, how fun, right? Like you're, we're making chocolates, you know, like well, that's I, so cool. I, I saw you guys post photos like on Instagram b- back when you were doing it for, and for the lions and like, those were gorgeous too. I mean, it's a very similar style of, yeah, Appear- the, the appearance is very similar. Yeah, I, I'd like to thank uh, Ford Field for allowing us to R and D. You know what's funny? Yeah, never mind. <laughs> so okay, so let, let's switch uh, lanes here and talk about uh, hardcore meals. Yeah. So um, you mentioned in Redford that you, part of the building is going to be for the chocolates, and the other part's going to be for hardcore meals. What is hardcore meals? Yeah, so basically, uh, part of my job with the Lions was obviously Ford Field. But I also oversaw all the uh, culinary aspect of the training center in Allen Park. So um, a couple years ago, they had brought in a dietitian, Sarah Snyder, who's awesome. And we really upped the ante with the players as far as the nutrition. And so I was heavily involved with that. Meanwhile, Scott's participating in CrossFit uh, as a hobby and kind per- of – Personally. Personally, <laughs> okay. yeah. So – you know, he started thinking about how he's eating a little different while we were at work. So that kind of trickles through the chef ranks. Like we're talking to each other. At, oh, what are we going to have for lunch today? And then, you know, he's being healthy and we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're not having conies. So then, you bought, <laughs> so, so, uh, so then you bought a chocolate machine. Yeah. 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 So anyways, long story short, you know, I, I got kind of fascinated with, with that aspect of kind of nutritional cooking. But also at a high level, again, we're dealing with, you know, these guys have money. They can eat anywhere in town. And how do we cook for them on an everyday basis? Plus, when you're cooking for some, the same people on a daily basis, I don't care what you're doing. There's some complacency that's going to mm-hmm. happen just because no matter what you're doing, if you went and ate at La Bernadette every night, you'd get a little bored with it, you know, uh, yep. maybe. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's what we were kind of getting into. Then one of the guys at, at the CrossFit gym who's a CPA and around this time of year starts going way off track with his diet because he's working extra hours, oh. Had it came to Scott and asked if he would be interested in making some prepared meals for him to get him through tax season. And then <laughs> next thing you know, I was like, hey, Joe, uh, feel like making any side cash? And he was like, what's involved? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so, uh. you know, next thing you know, there was like 10, <laughs> 20 people at that particular gym that wanted meals. And we just kind of started ramping it up from there. And the next thing you know. You know, we turned it into a business, and it's been uh, pretty cool, and and quite a dichotomy to the to the chocolate thing. But uh, so that's where Redford came into play because we needed a dual production facility, and we couldn't find anything that remotely resembled the size that. or you know, like what are we really looking for? We need something that can be have a chocolate room. And a full savory and a full kitchen. savory production kitchen and the building and and Joe will have you over there and Nick like you guys will see it and you'll be like wow how cool like this really does work it the way it's broken up we didn't have to do any structural 
changes to the building itself. Like it really worked. It was it was perfect. So so th- this is like a fancy TV dinner. Like tell me what you're getting. Yeah. So that's I mean there you know it's a big trend that's going on out there. But I think it's it's not a trend in the sense. Well, it's of, not like a it's not plated. a fad. It's not like you're you're getting a finished meal or you're getting parts. Yeah. Of the meal. No, Fully it's a finished, finished. meal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But again, we're t- tapping on all our years in this industry mm-hmm. and and experience of with flavors and different stuff. So. Yeah, now we've got about 10 gyms that we're dealing with and uh we're building that up, you know, it's really grown a lot. And so we're we're doing a, you know, between 3 and 400 meals a week right now and then once we get in that new facility that'll double quickly. So What's a what's a sample meal? What what's Um we did uh well the other day we do a cheat meal like these a lot of the folks that were a lot of our clients are uh tracking all their everything they eat literally as all their water intake everything. They're very Strict about like that. macros and yeah, fat the macros and, and like carbs and yeah, protein. sodium, okay. everything. So yep. we'll do a cheat meal. So we did a Cuban sandwich was our cheat meal this past week, and then but you know we'll do we'll do a play on like uh, pads to you, but we'll do it in a healthy manner. When um, you know we got a lot of clients that are in the paleo realm, you know, so we're using like the you know the Korean style sweet potato noodles, so that they also, um, you know, so it's just. Chef flavors, mm-hmm. proper nutrition, proper portion size. It's really like not that, that much different. It's mm-hmm. just controlling the portions, controlling – obviously, sodium's a big deal. Especially with chefs. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you got to be – it's yeah. something that people are – you know, when they're being really strict and they're competitively working out, yep. you know, like I was dealing with uh, professional athletes, it's not any different. Yeah. A lot of these folks are, you know, they're consuming a, a calorie intake similar to a professional athlete. Cause well, and a lot of out. these people too – you know, yeah, yeah. There's a cross section that are uh, high level athlete in this CrossFit world, but there's also you know a mom who's looking to drop some lbs and get into shape. You know, and and we cater to her too. You know, like as long as she has an open mind to flavor, because that's one of the things we don't skimp on. I I showed you the menu here. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, we're doing like curry dishes. You know. Uh, Szechuan dishes, you know. Um, well, and I think you have that, to have flavor. So, I mean, if you're going to have that nutritionally dense product, you got to have spices and Here's what flavors. happens in yeah. that world. So, if say if a person's meal prepping at their house for themselves, mm-hmm. so they're going to make chicken, asparagus, and brown rice. Yeah. And then those folks end up not caring about what they're eating. They're just – they're eating it's for – sustenance. Yeah. Sustenance, right? And that becomes more important. And they get numb to flavor, and they just eat the same things over and over. So that, to me, as a chef, is boring as hell, mm-hmm. right? Like, fuck sure. that. Yeah. Like, I want to taste my food, you know? Like, But also, you know, why not hit on those flavors? Why not bring these international flavors into the into the mix and all that? And now, now you're hitting your macros, and you're enjoying your food. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been able to do with this. So, it's you know, it's kind of a unique in that sense, too. It's a really competitive – market out there and um but you know we're excited about it so it's i, I feel like both put like chocolate and this whole meal prep the both marketplaces are becoming more and more competitive right yeah, i mean yeah. chocolate's like you know it's saturated but yeah. like, like i said you guys are differentiated here um with the whole meal planning thing um can people just go to you and say okay this is this is my diet plan make <laughs> something for me or is it or are they are they 
keyed into like a menu that yeah you have. we have a yeah we have a weekly menu that okay. changes like when we first started doing this I think we went like six months six months and we didn't repeat a meal <laughs> really yeah well, at ten meals a week wow so, so sixty but what weeks. ended up happening people were like hey man like that one dish was really good like when are you guys gonna do that again and we're like oh we were so hung up on not repeating right. something that we almost forgot that people might might actually want that so now there's kind of a happy medium you know we have some you know. Best ofs and what? Yeah. Do, do people just you throw in the microwave? Is that how you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? I mean, you can heat or it up you can in put the it in the oven. I mean, yeah. depending or you know, saute, saute it up depending on what it is. Yeah. And is it like by week? So you get like a like a week box? Or? You could, yeah, we have clients that some order a couple, just one or two meals. Some order ten or twenty a week. So it's just you know, that's how it is. So yeah, our website's uh, hardcoremeals.com. So you could check that out for anybody mm-hmm. out there interested. We have and so kind of what we do. We don't go door to door. What we do is we distribute at the gym. Mm-hmm. So it's our distribution points. Yeah. yeah. But what's great is all these gym owners, it's a really great community. They're welcome. They welcome other people to come in. So if I, we have a client that wants to, that say lives in Rochester, where one of our gyms is, then they're welcome to come in there and pick up their meals. They don't have to be a gym member mm-hmm. or anything like that to come in there. So, but it really alleviates a lot of the cost and logistics for us as opposed to some of the companies out there that are going door to door or they're doing, you know, uh, they're freezing them and, and shipping them through the mail and stuff like that. So we're doing a fresh product. It's delivered. They go to the gym. They're already going to the gym. A lot, most of our clients are going to the gym for their workout. They get done with their workout. They grab their bag and they're out of there. So yeah. it's a, it's a fridge product. It's not a freezer product. Right. right. Yeah. So it's fresh. Yeah. You that's know? crazy. I mean, you're already at the gym working out, bettering yourself, and then you just pick your food up and go home mm-hmm. and then it's ready for you. And what about sourcing uh, in terms of ingredients and and the stuff that goes into these meals? Yeah, yeah. so um, a good friend of mine, they have a farm up in Mount Morris, which is outside of Flint. So we were able to uh, work with this elemental food. Shout out to uh, Christine and Scotty up, yeah. or, uh, Steve, Steve up there. I'm sorry. Look, I'm looking at Scotty across the table here. Um, yeah, they, so friends of mine, they got into this farm up up there and so what we did this year is we worked with them two months ago on what we want they're they're planting actively now getting seedlings started yeah and all their starter plants and then they have hoop houses and stuff so they're going to be planting stuff for us specifically that we've that we know we use a lot of and so we're going to be buying from them they're like yeah eventually i'd love you know half their farm to be just for us eventually but um you know, so they're kind of an upstart farm and we're an upstart company. And so we're kind of blending those together. So that's from the produce end. And I know Mount Morris, like Flint area, is it, it's local enough for me. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not a Detroit urban miles, farm right? and all that, but 500 oh, yeah. miles is local. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. like, you know, 50 miles, yeah. 60 yeah, yeah. or something like that. And they're doing some really awesome stuff with that. And uh, same thing, we're, you know, we're going to be doing more and more of that with, you know, proteins and different. You know aspects of that, so yeah, super excited about that. Nobody's doing that. What well, and what about like how how will the are they farming anything for you guys to use in the chocolates too? Can you guys use fresh herbs in the chocolates? Yeah, no, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's some stuff that we've actually. It's funny we just talked recently about that, but yeah, you know, aromatics and different things, and who knows? Um, they'll grow stuff too, and then she'll, she'll call up and just be like, "Hey, what do you guys think? Hey, we got a bountiful this? crop of X. Yeah. Can you guys use it?" And be like, "Yep." But we're going to we, – one of the cool things about our space too is we we had a buddy of ours make this great community table. So we're going to be doing some pop-ups and different types of events in this kitchen space as well. Uh, perhaps – Can you do booze? Yeah. Nice. You can do anything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Cool. 
But you know what I mean? So, like, we're going to do some dinners like that and stuff, too. So for us still be able to kind of tap into everything that's going on and kind of give some props to that to that, to that Redford area of, uh, you know, kind of what James did at Mabel with oh my gosh, Hazel, Hazel, Park. Hazel Park, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I commend him and for that, you know, kind of finding an area that uh, was so ripe and ready and, and also, like, not without – it's not like gentrifying. You you know, it's an area. The area we're in now is kind of a commercial area. Okay. So at nighttime, there's probably not a lot of activity. So it's you know, it should be it'll be perfect for us. Cool. So what's the next step with the uh, with guilt? You guys are trying to just get into get the facility up and going. Then you're going to yeah. be we should be in out? we should be in the facility within like the next twenty to thirty days, and. um we're finalizing our packaging that what you guys see today is kind of a temporary packaging. We're finalizing uh, all that. And the packaging we're going to be going for is more high end, more jewelry box esque. Um, Still disposable though? Reasonably disposable? Ish. Mm. Ish. So uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the date place uh, up in um, Birmingham. Mm-hmm. They do like um, a whole bunch of uh, chocolate dip dates, stuffed dates, and they've kind of gone after that too. They're actually a Dubai company, oh, wow. that and they do a lot of those kind of jewelry box setups. So, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, packaging's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, obviously, that's part of the marketing aspect of this product, and and that's super important. But obviously, cost is important too, mm-hmm. and we don't want to put so much into the packaging that then, you know, we can't either a recoup that or we don't want to pass it on to the cost. Uh, there's already a lot of cost and labor that goes into the chocolate itself. Right. So it's a really fine line with the packaging as far as making it affordable for us and for the for our ga- our clients, but also you know making it look cool too. Yeah. Uh, so one more time, uh, the website for is it guiltchocolates.com? Yeah, and that's under construction right now. So we'll hopefully have that up very shortly. Okay. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram. So like, if someone wanted to hit us up, the Guilt Chocolates on Facebook for now can hit us up. And um, see if they ever if they want anything special done. Um, and then hardcore meal is hardcore meals dot uh, com. Pretty so simple. On that. You got about a week before this goes up. So okay. yeah. And so the uh, with the guilt chocolate, you said anything special. So you, are you, we guys do special flavors for like special occasions, oh, of course, or weddings and yeah. like absolutely graduations. Okay. Yeah, we we're doing a a big <clears throat> uh, two piece box for Mother's Day for the DAC that we're excited. You know, so that'll be cool and. Um, we Tim. We've, we got yeah Tim from Detroit Barbecue. We're gonna be doing something for him mm-hmm. for uh, his wedding. His wedding, and we got about four weddings booked already. So you know, like, like that's kind of the fun thing. We'll be able to do some stuff like that. Do you do like uh, consultations where like you sit with the bride and groom and like yeah, yeah and develop a special flavor for no them. kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Color scheme will if they want will match the colors of the wedding. All of that. That's fantastic. Where were you five years ago? I yeah. love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, still at Ford Field. Guilt Chocolates on Facebook, Guilt Chocolates on Instagram, HardcoreMeals.com, uh, Hardcore yep, Meals, yep. Facebook, Instagram, any of that? Uh, yep, both. Both. Yep. both. Awesome. One well, thing I'd like to say real quick, Joe, yeah. if we could. We're super excited. We just uh, signed our first athlete uh, on Hardcore Meals, Kate Vibert. She's uh, the Junior National uh, Olympic weightlifting champion. She's from uh, the Rochester area. She mm-hmm. goes to OU, and um, she's a 2020 Olympic hopeful, so – 
we just uh, signed her to a sponsorship deal, and we're super excited uh, to grow our brands together with her. And she's a she's a rock star. She's oh yeah, she's fine. She's gonna be a big deal. Beast. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right, Scott, Joe, thanks for being with us. Uh, until next time, dine well, friends. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.